0: Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is season six, episode seven, Saccharin, with Jennifer Timmer-Trail. Jennifer is an organ-based artist with an MFA in photography from Hartford Art School and a BA in art history and studio art from Michigan State. She's a founding member of an all women photo collective called Small Talk, based in Portland, Oregon, and the co-owner and co-curator of Strange Paradise Gallery. She's worked for Jonathan Becker at Vanity Fair and has art directed and production designed for a long list of acclaimed recording artists and feature films. Her photography has been written about and exhibited internationally, and her curatorial endeavors have been reviewed in the New York Times. I spoke to her just after she completed a solo exhibition of a photo series called Saccharin. It's about her daughter's transition into her teenage years. This work was made collaboratively during lockdown for the COVID pandemic. I really liked her approach to responsive art making, and I hope you enjoy learning more about her work and her process. Here's Jennifer. My name is Jennifer Timmer-Trail,
1: And I use she, her, hers. I have been in Oregon about eight years now and came here via New York. And I'm originally from Michigan. I went to school for photography. I I got an MFA in photography from Hartford Art School, which is part of University of Hartford in Connecticut. I think it is kind of important for me to mention I have been a single solo parent basically for the last eight to 10 years. All of my time in Oregon and all of my time really since grad school has been about me pursuing an artistic career while also trying to work and be a parent. (laughs) My daughter is now 15 things are a little bit easier these days. So I've had a little bit more flexibility to do an artist residency here or there or maybe not cook dinner for a few nights and let her cook dinner and things like that. So that's been really nice. I mean, that's really shaped a lot of who I am and this body of work is very much about that and about her. My photographic work has always been about relationships is is maybe the simplest way to put it. I have made work about desire and I've made work about divorce and I've made work about death and rebirth physically and also kind of like mentally. And so I've kind of just had these milestones that I've been working through. And so this work was very much... Right when my daughter started that preteen age and she, at the same time, you know, wanting to be more independent, there's a lot that I was exploring about loss because it just seemed to happen really suddenly. She wasn't my little girl anymore and she didn't want my affection. And that's something I don't know that we ever really realize is going to happen when we're parents, that we're excited for them to grow up and become who they become. But also there's just this great loss of they're almost changing into another human being. (laughs) The work kind of started when she turned 13 and she hadn't wanted me to photograph her for a long time, I think because I did so much when she was little. So I kind of had this moment where she was in a landscape and it was really, everything about it was really beautiful. And I kind of begged her to let me make this image. And I think we both were happy with the way that it turned out. So it became easier for me to convince her to let me keep going. And then that was only a couple of months before the pandemic or lockdown specifically. So it was kind of this crazy time where all of a sudden she doesn't really wanna hang out with me and she wants to be really independent. But at the same time, we couldn't see anybody else and couldn't really leave our houses. So we were stuck together. And we started going on a lot of walks and hikes and doing things outdoors. And it really kind of became a collaboration where she'd be like, well, what if you did my picture like this? Or what if we tried this? And then I would do the things that she suggested and then she would let me do the things that I wanted to do. And, and we ended up making this whole body of work. There's about a hundred pictures. It's interesting because I've always wished in a way that I was more of an activist in a way with my artwork. I'd like to make a difference with my artwork and things like that. But then when I sit back and I make this work about these um, everyday experiences or universal experiences and then put them up on the walls somewhere, I always get a lot of reactions from people. And I think it's because they, in one way or another, can really relate to these human experiences. That's the most meaningful part to me, is just sharing them and seeing people's reactions, which sometimes can be really emotional or it's fun to have conversations about them, basically. The work was completed when she turned 15. So it was a two-year-long project that wrapped up last October. And then I applied for the RAC grant to help print the work, 15 images for an exhibition, which happened this past May. And it was a great success. I think it looked great on the wall. I was really happy with the way that it turned out. And we ended up getting quite a few people through the space. Some photography classes came in. We kind of piggybacked the openings and the events that were happening at Oregon Contemporary. So we were able to get a lot of people in there without really knowing who I was or what I was doing. I am part of a four-woman photographic collective called Small Talk, We've been together six or so years, and we rented a little project space off of the side of the Oregon Center for Contemporary Art, which was previously Disjecta. There's about four or five kind of satellite art spaces off of the main space up there. So it's a really great little hub. I believe they do first Saturday openings there. Monthly they have a big opening usually when they have an exhibition open and all the other little satellite galleries do it at the same time. So we end up having just a really nice flow of people through there seeing all the spaces that are usually coming for one or another. So, it really increases our foot traffic, which is really nice. That is where the exhibition was. And we've only had this space for two years now. And we've only had a few, a handful of shows in there that we've curated. We haven't shown any of our own work. So, it was kind of the first time one of our own members had a show. And we had kind of built up a great base here in portland and all of those things came together <laughs> in the right way i think the next steps for me with that work are looking for spaces maybe outside of portland but this definitely allowed me the chance to really play with print sizes and the way that i wanted to exhibit the work and then i was able to do really good exhibition photography so that now I'll have those photographs to show other people like this is what it's going to look like in in your space. And I think that's really important. I mentioned one that I was working on about death and rebirth, and that one is unfinished. And it's something I'd like to go back and revisit. I was making a lot of the work out in Eastern Oregon. I'm really drawn to that landscape And so I think the travel requirements are a little difficult, but will hopefully become easier and easier. My daughter really only has two years left here before she goes off to college. So I want to revisit that work. That's also an exploration of the, the Oregon landscape as well. And that, in a way, is interesting that the work is about death and rebirth and also that going back into the landscape to work on it is sort of full circle for me. When I first started out in my 20s, I was often challenging myself to make landscape work that had deeper meaning or that would make someone feel something, some kind of emotion. It's not all landscape. There's a there's a mix of things, but much more landscape than I have done for the last couple of projects. Culturally, I'm not sure where that leads me, but I think that I'm really into kind of the history uh, of the land out there and learning about that stuff as I'm shooting. So I feel like I'm moving more into like a historical perspective, I also have been doing a lot of research on, on Mount St. Helens, <laughs> and I don't know where that's going to lead me. I've just always been kind of obsessed with it since I got here, and, and it's probably because I'm from the Midwest, and we have obviously no volcanoes, but no mountains either really in Michigan, so... It's just sort of this thing that's always on the horizon. It's always out there. I'm kind of fascinated by everything. I remember the eruption, sort of. I mean, I was young, but I I kind of remember it being in the newspapers. And it was one of the first things I visited when I moved out here. I've kind of revisited a lot of those landscape photos and then, of course, got pretty sucked into some survival stories and books about it. So I I think I'm in a place right now where I'd like to make work about it. And I'm not sure what story I want to tell yet that hasn't been told photographically. My latest thing was a Facebook group for people who were there, but I sent a message. I was like, please, please let me into this group. And I explained why Um, I said, I think I'd just like to be able to like reach out to some of these people and and they just let me in like two days ago. (laughs) We'll see where that leads. I think Mount St. Helens ultimately is a great story of rebirth. If I'm trying to think of it thematically for me, very interested in man versus nature. And I think we're kind of coming to a head (laughs) (laughs) with all that and climate change. So there's something in there. We'll we'll see. (laughs) I was thinking actually a lot about a class in undergrad, an art history class about the Weimar period in Germany, which was artistically, all these artists were making very political work and kind of using it as a tool in a lot of ways. I'm thinking a lot about that right now because I'm definitely really angry, (laughs) you know, politically, how can it not affect us? But it's also making it a little harder to work, but also helping push me to maybe there's work I can make that has something to do with that stuff or helps motivate people in that way. And I do think Small Talk Collective, we are talking about doing a show in August or September that is more politically motivated. That is something that's just like affecting us all right now. There's really no hiding from it. I have received one RAC grant before this one, and it was about four years ago. That one and then this one that I just received this year, those are really the only two grants that I've ever received. And so I'm very proud of those. And I think that it's a combination of just because I am a single parent, I just never have time to sit down and write for grants. Then, of course, I have before and I've certainly been rejected many times. It's definitely nice to feel supported and recognized in that way. This was my very first solo show ever. So I'm very proud of that. But, you know, it's a big deal when it's just all your work on the walls. And I felt really good about that work. So, I mean, that was a big deal for me, for sure. I'm published here and there and occasionally get invitations to give a talk or be part of something that's going on. And each one of those little things, you know, encourages me to keep going basically. So I'm not sure that there are huge ones yet, but there's a lot of little ones and they're all, they're all pretty equal. It's challenging to talk about that just coming out of the pandemic a little bit. I feel like we've had such a lull, right? But I, I also feel like coming out of the pandemic, people are pretty starving for, at least in our experience with Small Talk and the events we've had. It seems like people just can't wait to get out and see art again and attend the events that we have. That was a big part of our vision as a group, continue to build community and have a place for people to come because we sort of formed right at the collapse of the new space center for photography. So there was a kind of a big hole that happened when we lost that space. So I do think that we've managed to bring, you know, some of the photographic community together together. You know, we have a great relationship with other photography spaces like Blue Sky and Portland Darkroom, and there's a, a really great support for one another. It was just a hard couple of years. I know there were some spaces that went under, some galleries that moved to just fully being more of an online presence. And it just was hard to make it through that time. I and mean, it was hard for us to make it through that time. We, as a collective, received a RAC grant. And I don't know that we would have made it through that time without the RAC grant. I think we're all still kind of coming out of that. But at least it does feel like people are hungry for it. And we just love being attached to Oregon Contemporary, I feel like the exhibitions there have been so great to just sort of be joined onto in a way. And what they're doing up there has been so great. They have that program where they're bringing in pieces on loan from collections, and they just have had some phenomenal, famous art pieces in there. So... It feels like we're all moving forward and upward.
0: This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Dominic Armstrong. You can see more of Jennifer's work on her website at jennifertrail.com. If you have any questions for us or feedback about the show, I hope you'll feel free to reach out at any time, futureprairie.com or hit us up on social media at futureprairie.